Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the women of golf welcome to the women of god i don't know what happened there uh, welcome to the women of golf show i'm ted odorico and right alongside this week back of course is uh, legends tour player and lpj professional cindy miller and we are the hosts of the women of golf show good morning cindy welcome good morning ted how are you doing i'm doing very well cindy's uh back off of a corporate event uh, I mentioned last week when uh, I was on the show uh, hosting myself and she's uh, back and fresh and ready to go and uh, we've got a great show for you this morning we're going to start things off here in just a few moments uh, with uh, a little bit of the four laws of perfect practice or, or thereabouts and then a little bit later in the broadcast we're going to be joined by uh, Brian uh, McGave from Encore Golf. He's the Director of Business and Player Development, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a great golf ball that uh, they produce there and, and some of the work that he does uh, to help them get their brand uh, out there on the tour. Um, but first, let's remind everybody, of course, we are live uh, every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, here on blogtalkradio.com's network, and just go up to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, or just type in women of golf, and that will take you to the main page which you will find us front and center on Tuesday mornings during the live broadcast. And for some reason, if you can't join us, just scroll down uh, to the on-demand section and you can uh, listen to the broadcast when it's convenient for you. Uh, would love to hear from you. You're welcome to call in anytime during Tuesday morning show at uh, area code 347-945-5855. That's 347-945-5855. And of course, we would love for you to reach out to either Cindy or I uh, Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine, of course, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. So we'd love to get some feedback from you. Um, always uh, good to, to find out whether or not uh, there's some things that maybe we haven't covered on the show that you'd like for us to, uh, to talk about. But, uh, again, welcome, and, and thanks for joining the show. Um, cindy, why don't you just tell us, if you, if you don't mind, just a little bit about what you were doing last week. I know you had a corporate event, and you were just telling me a little bit off air. And then we'll give you an opportunity to talk about uh, a great product that um, you want to share with uh, with the audience once again. So just tell us a little bit about what you were up to last week. Well, you know, it's funny. When you play on the tour, you play in a lot of corporate pro-ams, if you will, and outings. And a little over maybe 10 or 11 years ago, I played in a Legends Tour event for Dwayne Reed. And I had a great partner. I had a great team. But one of the guys, we had so much fun. And it's funny because on the par fives, I, I typically tell everybody we need a divot maker. So the divot guy makes a divot on the par fives. 
so that we can set up a ball real high and hit our driver off the deck and hit the green in two. And so right. this one particular guy was my divot maker, right? And so mm. we had a great time. We had dinner that night, and about a year later, I got an email from him that said, you know, we, I'm a member of this thing called Take K2 Communications. That's K2 Telecommunications. It's a consortium buying group for telecom services for big companies. And we have two partner meetings per year, and we would love for you and your husband to come to a clinic and teach our members and partners how to play golf. And we've been doing it ever since. Hmm. And last week, the event was at Reynolds Lake Oconee, just south of Atlanta, a couple hours. And holy cow, was this place beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. I think they've got five or six golf courses. There's a Ritz-Carlton there. So we gave some lessons, and we helped people learn how to play a little better. Uh, I think I lost you, Cindy. I'm not sure. Are you there? Ted? Are you there? Are you there? Oh. Ted. Yeah, I, I lost you for yeah, I lost you for a minute or two. I don't wow, know if you I were don't know why. Uh, mobile or something, but um yeah, I, I lost Sorry Yeah, I lost that. you for a minute. Um Okay. No, that's okay. Not a problem. Anyway, um, so I, we, we had a great time. It, we were there, there Monday through uh Friday and we did the event Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and had a great time and taught everybody how to play golf better and um it was awesome. Yeah, uh, Cindy, I'm gonna I'm gonna just read a little bit here, and and maybe you'll get into a better uh, zone there. It sounds like you're you're must be going through an area that's getting some interference because it's really you're, you're breaking up a lot. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, okay, no, actually, you're back now. So, <laughs> so all right, let's let's um, it, Cindy, while you while we got a good clear uh, signal here, um, why don't you remind everybody for those that might be interested in the Learn to Hit It kit, how they can go about getting that, and a little bit about it. Well, you know what's funny is the Learn to Hit a Kit was born from a K2 event last year. And, again, all these women realize the value of knowing how to play the game of golf and using it as a business tool. But, you know, they're young. They have young families. They work till 5 or 6 o'clock at night. And a couple of them just looked at me and they said, you know, I know we need to play golf, but we trust you and we like you, but we live across the country from you so we can't take a lesson. Why don't you create something that would teach us how to hit the ball your way in our own backyard so we don't have to hire a babysitter and go find a stranger to teach us? And I said, you know what, that's a great idea. So the Learn to Hit a Kit was born out of a need for business people to learn to play golf but don't really have the time. And it includes a portable golf mat, some foam balls that you can use basically in your house, your hotel room, or your backyard. Um, the Golf 101 booklet that I wrote, a 10% coupon off of any Callaway club. So if you don't have any clubs, you could buy just a 1-7 iron. And then a 10-module mm-hmm. online course to teach you how to hit it clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. So you can buy all that at learntohitakit.com for $99. Wow. And and as I've said many times before, that's a great that's a great offer because for $99 on average, that's pretty much what you might pay for typically uh, one golf lesson. 
uh, which certainly can help you, but um, you've only got that one lesson and you have to draw from that. Whereas your kit gives them the opportunity to use that ongoing uh, for many years, uh, you know, down the road. So for the price of one lesson, uh, you can get Cindy's Learn to Hit It Kit at learntohititkit.com and uh, get all the great uh, uh, par- parcels to, uh, to that particular kit. So great job, Cindy. All right, let's, you're welcome, as always. Um, I, I wanted to talk about, and I know we've touched many times in the past about practice, um, and, and when I say the four laws of, of perfect practice, this is really uh, practice for you, um, because we're all individually different from one another, so what might be good for one might not necessarily be good for somebody else. But there are some generalities, I think, Cindy, that can apply to all of us, uh, regardless of what level. And I, I think the number one is, you know, we need to make it highly personalized because we are different. And um, what we need to do is to, you know, what we work on is, is going to be unique to you. So, um, and very few everyday golfers or your average golfers understand how to practice in a way that's going to actually lead to improvement. Um, so you need a personalized plan, a plan excuse me, that sort of stretches uh, you out of your comfort zone, but at the same time, um, you know, is unique to, to your situation. Some players... Uh, have very good uh, strengths in certain parts of the game and others uh, maybe differ in that area. And this is something that if you're working with a teacher or coach um, that you can put together yourself. So, Cindy, you obviously work with a lot of different students. What are some things that you try to do and how do you try to personalize it for each of your students? What are some things that you try to do to, to put together a good practice plan? Well, I think number one is awareness. Um, we've been doing a four-month program with our students up here, and hopefully spring is going to show up in the next month or so because yesterday we had we needed an arc in Buffalo. It was terrible. It's 78-mile-an-hour winds. But anyway, um, so the kids have gone out and the adults. We've got grown-ups in this program as well. They've gone out and they've played once or twice and or they went on vacation for Easter, and they've come back and they go, oh, wow, either it was great or it was terrible. And so what I asked them was, well, what do you believe you need to work on? What happened when you were out there? What do you believe you need to work on? And I don't know that normal people that play golf are real aware of what they're doing. And I don't right. know that they understand the consequences that whatever they do tells the ball what to do. So I believe right. it starts with awareness. And it's funny because we had a young girl last night who just played in the first tournament and she didn't play too great. And um, Alan and I were both helping her last night and said, so what are you thinking right now? And she looked up like, what, what are you thinking <laughs> about? So again, I don't know that pay attention to their attention and they don't give their attention what they want to intend to do. So I think making you aware of what am I working on and what am I doing right now? And it's funny because, you know, we give so many lessons in a day, you know, 17 people walked in my office yesterday And so I'm totally into what they're doing, and I know what they're working on more than they do. And that shouldn't happen. So I believe we need to ask them a question of where are you focusing your attention, and is it on your intention? Do you do that to students? Yeah, yeah, I I do. I think what a lot of 
um, people do, Cindy, just to add to that, I think a lot of people slip into a comfort zone. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, a lot of players maybe are pretty good with their wedges and they can hit them whatever distance. Let's say, you know, it's 120 yards. They're comfortably hitting their, their pitching wedge or, or what have you. Um, so they stick with that. Um, but you're not always going to be faced with that ideal shot out there. You might have to um, maybe improvise a little bit. Maybe you're, you, you've got a, a, an unusual lie and maybe your wedge is not the best shot or maybe you uh, might need to choke down on, uh, say, a 7-iron or something as an example. So, you know, I, I think a lot of golfers, Cindy, they don't know what, what, the, what to do. And, you know, obviously we're there to help and guide them as best we can. But, again, each of it's personalized to the individual. And I try to... What I try to do with my students is, just as you put out, I, you know, I want them to, to understand their intentions. What, you know, why am I there? Why am I you know, here working on the range today? It's not just to hit and beat balls you know, one after one. It's there to have a purpose out there and to work on um, areas of, of my game that need the most help and not just practice the ones I'm really good at. Um, you certainly have to continue to practice those, but you can't just focus on what, what makes you feel comfortable. And that sort of leads into um, really law number two, if you will, or step number two, and that is to sort of push uh, beyond your abilities um, and, and sort of step out of that box a little bit. And I know, Cindy, that you try to do that with your students, as do I. Um, you know, a lot of students just, again, slip into that comfort zone. So maybe talk a little bit about that. How do we, how do we get them to get out of their comfort zone without, you know, causing all of the wheels to fall off the bus? <laughs> Well, I think, again, it depends on what the student's working at. You know, I I have um, a belief that most people can't hit the ball where they want it to go. So if they don't know how to hit the ball where they want it to go, giving them a playing lesson is not going to help because they can't hit it where they want it to go. So I believe... And it's funny that you mentioned this, that Jamie and I, our son, who played college golf at Ohio State and Augusta State, in fact, he beat Webb Simpson in a tournament once and won the tournament. But he played, uh, we were talking about Kevin Chappell. Kevin Chappell is a PGA Tour member who won a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and it was his first win after 180 starts on the PGA Tour. And so Jamie and I were talking about Kevin Chappell, and Alan and I happened to be at two tournaments where Jamie was paired with Kevin Chappell. And, and we were talking about how glad we were that he won an event and la, la, la. And so Jamie said, I'll never forget playing with Kevin at a, the Augusta tournament and Kevin saying, oh, my gosh, I'm hitting it so bad, I have to use my fairway finder. And that's <laughs> where that was born out of Kevin Chapel, And right. he goes, what do you mean your fairway finder? He goes, well, I'm working on my swing, and I can't do what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's driving me nuts, and I'm hitting it dead left, so I need to use my fairway finder, and I can hit this low bleed cut, and I can scrape it around the golf course so I can score. Mm-hmm. And so that's an amazing awareness for a young man in college you know, you might be working on something on your swing on the range, but when you get out to the golf course, you've got to find a way to score. Know that most amateurs are aware that they need to do something. So I try to teach my students to have a fairway finder 
that they're comfortable with that they can score. Yeah, and that's a great, you know, that's a great point um, as, as well to bring up. And I like that, you know, that fairway finder analogy because you're, you're right. What you do on the range, I mean, and we've heard this, you know, probably a million times. Everybody says, well, boy, you know, I hit it great out in the range, but then as soon as I get out in the golf course, uh, you know, nothing seemed to, to gel. And I think it's important, um, and again, this sort of pushes people a little bit out of their, their traditional abilities, if you will, is you need to work on things that are going to make you successful on the golf course. They may not be the prettiest looking shot, but as you said, it might be the fairway finder. It might be, you know, uh, a step above a worm burner, but if it keeps you in the fairway, um, that might be a shot you need to go to from time to time, especially if your driver's not working and you're, uh, you know, shanking it left or you're blocking it out way out right. Um, you're not going to score very well in those situations. So you need to have a sort of a go-to shot that's going to put you and keep you in play. And again, that's being, as you put, self-aware. It's being aware of your circumstances, what's going on around you, and being aware of what your abilities are and how to um, you know, make those quick assessments when you're out there because that's where you're going to score is out in the, on the, um, you know, out in the golf course, not in the practice tee. So um, a, a great point, a great analogy uh, that, that you share. Um, I, I think the other thing too, Cindy, is now obviously for our everyday golfers, this is not always possible uh, as much as it is for the players. Uh, but I think number three is they, they need to be able to repeat at a high volume. Um, if you look at some of the best performers out on tour, um, you know, they're continually practicing at length. Sam, you know, Sam Snead famously hit balls all day. Uh, and then even to the point where he actually practiced uh, by his car's headlights at night. Now I'm not suggesting everybody does that, but you know, you need to get out there and work uh, on the various areas of your game and do it diligently and have some sort of a game plan uh, of how you want to go about doing that. And that, again, that's something that you might want to work with your, your teacher or your coach. Um, and, and that goes to, again, to sort of have that high volume. So Cindy, when you're working with your students, uh, obviously sometimes timing uh, and, and availability is, is a bit of a, a premium. Um, what do you do, if anything, to encourage your students to make the most out of whatever time they do have? Well, I ask them to try to hit shots to different targets and pretend they're playing, simulate playing, and then I, I do a lot of drills with them. Uh, and I tell them that they can do these drills in their house or in their backyard without a golf ball. It's, it's the repetition right. and the muscle memory and the brain knowing what you're working on. And, again, if you're not knowing what you're working on, that's not paying attention to your intention. So it, it comes back to guess who's holding the club, and it's about responsibility and accountability. So, oh, I'm the one that's holding the club. I'm the one that's telling the face what to do, which in turn tells the ball what to do. So if I'm getting ticked off at my results, I have to do something about it. So – Making them aware, giving them uh, small tasks, maybe half swings. You know, go do half yeah. swings and brush the grass. And repeat it over and over and over again so your brain understands that the club must go down to the ground for the ball to go up. Simple things, really. Yeah, but it's amazing, though, isn't it, how, you know, some of the simplest things, really when you think about it, I mean, and I know this is is going to be a little bit of a contradictory, but... Um, golf can be a easier game. I mean, it certainly is difficult. There's no, you know, nobody's pretending it's not, 
but it certainly can be easier if you add a little common sense into it. And, you know, obviously, as you just pointed out, you know, doing these half swings, just sort of getting the feel of, of making good contact with the ball and hitting down on the ball in order to make it go up. I think a lot of people, even to this day, despite all of the, the good information out there, a lot of golfers think that they've got to scoop it or help it up in the air. And really, that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. The club will actually do the work for you if it's executed properly. And the majority of, of high, especially high handicappers, you know, 25 plus, um, don't understand that analogy. So they, they, you know, a lot of times will play the ball way forward and they'll try to hit it on the upswing with their, with their irons. And that's not what you want to do. You want to actually connect um, just, just before you get to the bottom of the arc. So you're actually hitting the ball first and, and compressing that ball. And the grooves in the club will actually uh, cause it to put some um, part backspin and that will obviously elevate it in the air. But for some reason, they do the opposite. They want to figure, well, I'm going to hit it up because that's what I do with my driver. Um, so there's a lot of misinformation out there, I think, that, that people have, uh, or misinterpretation maybe is a better way to put it. Um, our, our last one here, Cindy, is um, you know, to have deliberate good practice sessions, uh, and this sort of falls into our fourth law, requires continual and specific feedback. Uh, and there's a number of ways to do that. Obviously, if you're working again with a, with a, a great teacher or coach like Cindy or I, um, you'll get a lot of good feedback. But what about the times in between? Um, you know, one thing that I try to do, uh, encourage my students, is to keep a journal, some kind of a journal, um, whether they're with me or whether they're not. Uh, I don't know if you do something similar, but uh, I like them to make notes of what they're working on, the results that they're getting, and even the bad shots. I want them to, to document that as best they can and as briefly as they can because I don't want them to waste all their time jotting notes um, so that when we get together, I can get an idea of where they're having some difficulties still, and then we can focus on some of those areas. Do you do something similar, Cindy? Yes, yes. You know, again, I've got a little own your game booklet, and I want them to keep track of their rounds. Because, you know, those who don't do it, how many fairways did you hit? How many greens? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> and what they don't remember their round. Well, if if you don't remember your round, you're not paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, then you can't get mad because you don't know what you're doing. So, Again, it comes back to accountability and responsibility. And, you know, well, I made an eight on a par three. Okay, well, what happened? Well, it was an island green. Okay, so big deal. What's that mean? What what club did you hit? You know, again, you have to dig, 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 dig to find out the root cause of the issue. And some people really don't want to dig that deep. So you have to back no. up a little bit. But mostly it comes down to not paying attention or being afraid or not being able to hit the shot. Yeah, and, and again, they get out of their comfort zone. Um, you know, I, I, and this is not just, um, you know, to, to, to push uh, the teaching profession or anything like that, but I really do think that people need to um, connect with a teaching <clears throat> professional or a coach, depending on what their needs are, um, because, you know, as the old saying go, we all have blind spots. When you drive, you have blind spots, and that's why we have mirrors and, and, and things like that to, to try and help alleviate that as best as possible. And this is where a good uh, coach or teaching professional um, can work hand-in-hand hand because they're going to see a lot of things that you, the golfer, are not going to see, um, or they're going to see it maybe differently than you see it. That's another thing, too, Cindy, that a lot of 
golfers they they don't understand that you know you talked about earlier about um you know hitting it straight and making good contact with the golf ball um they don't understand uh how the you know how the club face interacts with the golf ball they don't understand what a, a straight uh or you know uh what a, a square club face looks like and so that sometimes can alleviate a number of issues there and you've mentioned that several times here on the show about knowing how to square up your club face uh to the back of the ball correct Absolutely. Again, here's, here's the bad news. The committee of they is everyone that's played golf 10 minutes longer than you that thinks they know how to fix you. And they're always right. telling you what you're doing wrong. And I've never met anyone who's tried to miss it on purpose. So right. if that's the case, the committee is confusing the students. So therefore they have no clarity People stand over the ball and think I've got to turn and I've got to keep my head down and my my left arm straight and turn and turn back through. <clears throat> Nowhere in that equation is the club face mentioned, and the only thing that touches the ball is the club face. So again, you're yep. listening yeah, to that's, people. That's, possibly you're listening to people that are confusing you, who mean well but they don't know what they're talking about. Therefore, you have all these thoughts in your head that have nothing to do with what you're doing. Are you there? Yeah, I think, Cindy, you went through a little bit of a, a, a dead spot. It cut out for just a second, but no, you're back now. Um, okay. Yeah, you, you're, you're exactly right. That, that committee of they is, is probably <laughs> one of the worst things that, uh, you know, golfers can can listen to and i think this is there's nothing worse and this is something i always hate and cindy i guarantee you've you've had your fair share of it as well there's nothing worse than working with a student and you're you know showing them different things and you know the next week or a couple of weeks whatever it might be they come back for their next session and they're talking about two or three other people that address the same issue that you did but they're giving you all different kinds of answers, and it confuses the process. And I always, the first thing I always say to them is, don't come to me if you're going to have three other coaches out there of, of you know, various backgrounds, um, because the problem is you're going to get mixed information. You have, there has to be a level of trust and commitment um, with yourself and the student. And I think a lot of people out there, they get – trapped in you know they get out in the range and they've been working on something um, that you've taught them or you've helped them with and somebody maybe they're not familiar with that and they say oh maybe you should try this and the next thing you know they're doing two or three other things and they come back and they're worse off before they went but they don't realize it's because the committee of they has piped in uh, you know in addition to what you've been telling them and it's it's confused the issue and I'm sure you've had that experience a few times over your uh, career as well yes I have and it's something that, unfortunately, in this business, you have to, uh, you know, put up with. But uh, well, I think the uh, I know. think one of the reasons that I enjoy teaching is because I'm fortunate that I married a guy who is a learner, and so Alan Miller is a student of the golf swing, and he has helped me understand why the ball goes where it goes. So I tell my students, okay, why did the ball just do that? Well, I don't know. Where do you think the face is pointing? Oh, over there. 
and they're not really interested. They just want to hit another ball. I said, well, if you don't know what you're doing with the club, you can't get mad if the ball goes crooked. So if you want to right. solve this, you know, we got to stop and think about it. So it's the fact. The ball goes where the face points. And if you don't know why the face is pointing where it's pointing, then you can't fix it. And I got news for you. Everybody misses shots. And that's why I say, when you leave me, you need to know what causes those bad shots because it's going to happen on number eight or number 15. And if you don't know what happens, you're going to have a meltdown and you're going to miss it the whole rest of the round. And we need to be able to recover. You can react and get a little ticked off, but then you have to respond and say, what did I just do? And then you can recover. And only then will you truly own your own game. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So they have to know the why of the what. Right, right, exactly. And, and you know, it's, it's great that you have somebody for a multitude of reasons, but somebody like Alan, because, um, you know, he's been through his whole career, been virtually like a sponge. You know, he's learned everything that he could possibly want to learn and more and continues to do so, obviously, as he um, evolves in his career. But he's able to share what he's learned um, with you as you go through your journey. And that's a, you know, that's a great combination. And, you know, this is really what our job is, is we learn as we go along. Um, We've certainly been taught certain things, um, you know, in our profession. But at the same time, we're always learning as well. And that's one of the things that I enjoy about it is, um, you know, even doing these shows, you know, sometimes we have our guests on and, you know, I'll sit and think, wow, you know, I didn't realize that. Or, you know, I, I kind of understood it, but not completely. And they've helped to shed a little bit of light. So, you know, we're always learning uh, in life about various different things. And it's really our job as teacher professionals to share that knowledge with our students. Um, you know, we've been yep. doing it for, for a number of years, right? Absolutely. And that's yeah, and that's the enjoyment that we get out of it. So, um, so we're going to learn a little bit more right now because uh, our very special guest, uh, Brian McKay-Gahey, is uh, from Encore Golf's. Um, he's the director of business and player development. Uh, he's been 35 plus years in the golf business. He's worked as an assistant pro uh, on the range as well as uh, on the course. Uh, he's a sales rep. Uh, has been a sales rep for Dunlop, Maxfly, and TaylorMade. Uh, also for New Era. Cap. He was their sales and sports uh, marketing uh, guy, and also uh, for Nike Golf, he was a tour rep and uh, also sports marketing rep. And now he's with uh, another organization, Encore Golf, uh, which uh, produces a great uh, line of uh, golf balls, and he's their director of business and player development. So, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest, uh, Brian McGehee. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Man, that guy sounds old. A lot of experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to the group. <laughs> yeah. How long have uh, I known yeah, you? Like 30 years? Uh, I'd say at least. Yeah. Yeah. We moved back up here to teach it 30 years ago, or 31 years ago. Yeah, I've so known you probably I've the whole time. I remembered every step of Brian's career. He's a little younger than me, so he's kind of like a punk. But he's awesome, and he's brilliant, and you need to tell us what's going on with Encore because you've got this new ball elixir, and it's supposed to be amazing. I got to try it it's, last week, by the way. Oh, good. Well, hopefully you liked it because that's I did much like it. The reviews we've gotten have been unbelievable because I've been doing, you know, golf ball testing with players for 15 years, and, you know, usually there's, um, 
there's always something like spins too much, doesn't spin enough, too hard, too soft, launch it too high, launch it too low. There's always some type of, uh, you know, negative feedback, which is expected because not everybody is the same. Um, this ball has been uncanny. I really haven't gotten anything from a negative, like, to change the ball. There's been no no feedback at all in that regard. So, I mean, it's been unbelievable. I just wish we'd have had it a few months earlier so I could have got some people under contract uh, to use the ball on tour. Yeah, absolutely. So what makes this ball so different? Well, or so good, I should say. I think there's, there's a couple unique features of it. Um, the one thing that's really cool is the, uh, the metal-infused mantle. So there's metal particles, high-density particles that are put into the mantle, which is a layer underneath uh, the cover. And that gives you a lot more weight to the exterior of the golf ball, which gives you a high moment of inertia, which makes the, the golf ball extremely stable. So into the wind, crosswinds, that ball holds its head up very well. It doesn't lose its energy and doesn't get offline um, and bores into the wind very well. Um, so along with that, you have the cover. Our cover is a little bit thicker, uh, the urethane cover, and I think that provides a really good feel and gets the uh, gets a proper spin, um, you know, around the greens and with the irons. So it's it's basically done what we were trying to do at the at my former company is 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 it's fast off the tee, gets great distance, and yet this ball still has great feel and touch around the green. So it's kind of two balls in one. Wow. That's good. Brian let, Brian, let me ask you a question because, you know, obviously there, there is a lot of competition out there and also a lot of confusion for the average golfer. Um, yep. What are some key factors? Obviously, they, we all want to get maximum performance out of a golf ball. What are some key factors um, that you could share with us that really the average golfer should be looking for uh, in their golf ball when they're making a, a selection, obviously, you know, obviously you know, I know you want them to, to uh, come to your product, but what are some key things that they should be looking at? Um, because there is so much product on the market and it's, it's confusing for a lot of people. I've had that question many times from students is what ball should I play? Um, what well, are some things that they should be considering? That's a really good question. Like for instance, on our website, we have a golf, you know, golf ball fitting. So you can kind of fit yourself into a golf ball and then you can, Buy a sleeve of golf balls, basically for three ninety nine, which is you know would take care of the shipping and everything. So you can test. The best way is for you to do the same thing as we do with the pros, and that's you know test the various products, do some research, do some reading, see what you think might you know fit into your wheelhouse. Whether it's whether it's price driven, you know whether it's performance driven or a little of both. Um, but using using like I think we have you know I, I think there's some other competitors that do that too though but the a golf ball fitting online sure. and then we do the sleeve and that's how we get a lot of people to play the ball because they take it and they they get the sleeve and they're like yeah this ball's great you know and then they order you know they order some golf balls from you so that's the best way to do it is, is to test the various products and do a little research how many different yeah, models I, I, of golf balls do you carry Brian uh we have we have three three basic ones we have uh the Avant, which is a uh, two-piece ball that uh, manufactured retail is 20. Then the Caliber, which is the hollow metal core, which is 30. And then the Elixir, which is 40. Perfect. $40. Yeah. Now, if so you, you had a you've woman got it. who was a beginning star, I'm sorry, get one more question, then I'll go, No, go up. ahead. If you had a no, no, beginning woman say- player who was looking for a ball, 
would you say the Avant is the best choice? For which type of player? For a woman, a new player. For a woman? There's yeah. no reason why it couldn't. I mean, I, again, I think it's a, everybody, you know, loads the club differently, speeds are different. So, again, um, it's not, I mean, I think this ball will fit a lot of women. But, again, you have to have enough speed, I think, too, for it. Um, we also have the Avant, which is a, well, that's a lower what I said. compression. Is the Avant the best ball for a beginning player? Yeah. The Avant, and, okay. and even the Caliber, because the Caliber is a, uh, you know, a very, it doesn't spin as much because it has an extremely high MOI. And so your side spins and that aren't as bad on it. So it's the straightest golf ball, arguably, on the market. So between the Caliber and the Avant, yeah, this is a good way to start for okay. a beginner. Perfect. What else you got for me? Um, Brian, let me, a- yeah, let me ask you, um, you know, we often hear this sort of terminology thrown around as well as optimal trajectory. Um, yeah. Is there an optimal trajectory and, and what is it? How do, we, how do you define it? Because um, a lot of players, you know, a lot of people say, well, I hear that, you know, they talk about this on the golf channel all the time and so-and-so hit the ball and they hit it, you know, that optimal trajectory. What is that? In, in your estimation? Well, to me, the optical, the optimal trajectory would be something that would uh, fit someone's eye. It's in, it's in your window. Um, and, and, we, you know, we dealt with that when I was at Nike where, you know, you'd, you'd get guys and you'd say, well, you need to, you know, the launch needs to be here. But if, it, if, it, if they didn't like that, if that wasn't their window, then it was not optimal. <laughs> um, everybody has right. their own vision of what's optimal. Um, for instance, I like to hit the ball a little bit lower. To me, so sometimes when I see, you know, hit it real high. I mean, because I'm old school, we're used to we're used to seeing right. it low, and I see it high, and it feels like it's floating or it gets, you know, caught up in the wind. And you know, today's young golfers are, you know, they do just the opposite. They hit it, it they hit it high, and you know, the low spin, and you know, that's their window. So uh, I, I think that varies from, uh, you know, from player to player. Yeah, uh, and I agree with that as well. And I'm I'm a little bit old school as well. I mean, I don't mind hitting it higher, but I always, you right. know, when when they first come out, especially with, with a lot of the new drivers, um, yeah. and you know, you you get that sort of higher launch angle. I always used to felt like, well, I I popped it up a little bit. I didn't quite make solid <laughs> contact, and and yet, exactly. you know, the the club manufacturers say, no, that's exactly how it's supposed to go. That's that. And I say, really. And, you know, because yeah. it was quite a bit higher launch than what I was used to. And yet it was the same degree club that I played. So it, it's very confusing. And, and a lot of people, there's just, as I said, there's so much product, Brian, out in the market right now. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are looking and say, well, you know, I've been using this for a long time and I've been using that for a long time. And they're, they're reluctant to change. Um, you've seen a lot of things out there. What is it that you really like about Encore's products um, that that you haven't really seen before? Well, you know, the one thing, the one thing is, you know, I've heard this is from personal experience and people around me saying, you know, well, you know, you 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 think that ball is good because you know you have to because you work for them and 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 I tell them I said, you know, I, I was going to finish my career with Nike because they got out of the equipment business by the end of the year. So in the meantime, I was, you know, looking for other options, and Encore was, I won't go into the long story, but uh, I ended up hooked up with Encore, 
And before I started with them, I said, you know, I, I want to go try your golf ball before I commit to anything at this point. And they didn't have the tour ball yet. So I went out and hit the Avant and Caliber. And, you know, I played, I played the Avant mostly. And uh, I shot one under and two under with it. And I'm like, and it felt great. I mean, I'm like, I can't believe how good this ball feels. And it's a two-piece golf ball, which I was amazed at. Now, yeah, I, so I, could, I was giving up some things with spin and a little bit here and there. The, you know, the chips would release a little bit more. Your full shot in might release just a hair more. So there were a few things I was giving up, but the point was I could still play with that golf ball. So I was impressed by the quality of a two-piece golf ball that they sold for $20 retail. And I said, I can't wait to see how good this Elixir golf ball is. And then, hence, the Elixir comes out and the testing's been off the charts. Actually, I just had a Champions player send me a text last night saying, this golf ball is great. Um, So, I mean... I'm just excited about it because from day one, I like the product I signed on, and then the Elixir has just blown my expectations away. And you obviously get a lot of great feedback, like you did last night, from from some of the players. Give us an example of some of the other feedback. What you know, the, these guys obviously get access to uh, you know on the LPGA and the PGA tours, and, and you know, champion and legends respectively, um, get right. access to to the best of the best in the game. So, um, you know whatever they, their heart desires, they can play. What's been some of the feedback that you've gotten from some of the uh, tour players that are using uh, Encore? Um, well, actually, I mean, tested it. I mean, there, we, we did have... Michael that's, Gellerman that's, what I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Michael Gellerman actually put in play last month at uh, the web.com event. But the, a real, just a common generic feedback is, um, and I've gotten it from a lot of web.com guys, and, and especially... Um, when I was out there at Lafayette last month, they were like, this ball is really good. You know, thanks for sending me. I tested it, and, you know, my contract's up at the end of the year, so come and see me. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the general thing has been you, you've got a really good golf ball. This, this ball does everything and does it well. So, I mean, it's pretty generic, but, I mean, it's pretty much what everybody's been saying. They like the golf ball. They can right. put it in play. Uh, it feels great. Yeah, and, and that's that's what obviously what you want is you want um, to create a comfort level with the player um, using your product. Yeah. Um, now the other thing is let's the other take, thing that's important. Go ahead. The other thing that's important to me is, and I've told you know a lot of people and you know been out on tour for going on 23 years now. I mean the last thing I would do to anybody because um, I have strong relationships and friendships with players uh, and so forth is you know I'm not going to bring them a product that would jeopardize their livelihood. Um, I'm bringing them a product that I know that can help enhance their game. So that's important to me as well. So I wouldn't be out there and I wouldn't be, you know, pushing this product on anybody if it wasn't any good. That's important. Is there a – exactly. Go ahead, Tony. Well, go ahead, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the subject. So go no. ahead and follow up with that. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. So tell us about Ryan Steenberg and the long drive. Is he going to use the ball in the long drive contest? Um, well, he'll only be able to use what is uh, available to them, whoever golf ball they've sponsored or so forth. But um, the Ryan's relationship is something that, you know, it's a local, it's a local thing. It's a, it's an up, you know, Western New York relationship. And he came and saw us and, you know, I, I saw him in a long drive contest where he finished second. And, uh, you know, 
it's just kind of a cool thing to have a, a long drive guy, a local guy that can help us endorse our product. And he's thoroughly impressed by the product. He even told us as, as long as he is, which is stupid long, uh, he said he's actually a little bit longer with that golf ball. And he loved the, the, the common thread is a, a lot of people they like how great it is into the wind. Awesome. Awesome. Ryan's yeah. a great guy. He's an awesome guy, yeah. He is, he's a lot of fun. Let's take um, an example, and Cindy, I'm going to throw you under the bus on this one. You know, obviously Cindy plays competitive golf. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a, is so, a sort of a vetting process, if you will, when you're trying to introduce this uh, your products to a player, like, like a Cindy Miller or some of the others that are out there? Because, um, again, you know, everybody has a, a sort of comfort zone. Maybe, um, you know, they're using a, a competitor's ball in that and again you don't want to jeopardize their livelihood but how do you sort of approach that player and say hey we've got something here that we think can enhance uh your your game out there what's sort of the process that you go through when you're introducing something to say a player like cindy well you know a lot of that goes back to you know what i've built on for the last 22 or three years is you know the relationships and you know who you can approach, and, you know, you hear things through the grapevine that so-and-so might be looking for this or that. Um, and so it's, 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 you kind of have to feel your way around, you know. Um, Cindy, Cindy, you already knew the guys here at Encore, so um, that was a good thing for us. Um, so we got Cindy some golf balls so she could test them and, and, uh, and so forth. So, I mean, a lot of it's just relationship-driven and knowing where to go and who to approach. And, and that's why I'm going out, even though the odds of me getting anybody on tour this year are pretty slim, um, I still want to, uh, you know, I'm the face of the company out on tour, so I still want to go to the events and, and still have people actively testing and keep them interested in knowing that we're, you know, a viable product and alternative for them out there. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Right, Which right. Which is what you need so to do because me... people have contracts, you know, I'm under contract right, sure. with Callaway, so I can't play the ball in the right. senior LPGA championship this year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cindy, you've tested the ball and you've played with the ball. What were some things that you liked about it? Well, I liked that it was the same, if you will. It wasn't worse. I mean, it, your golf ball is something so personal. And, and Brian's right. When he talks about relationships, those guys and girls on the tour trust him because he's developed relationships with them over 23 years. So if he shows up with a golf ball that's not as good as what they've got, he's done. Right. This ball is not yep. going anywhere. So yep. what I found was it wasn't worse. Now, was it better? You know, I only played two rounds with it, and it you know, I was playing a corporate outing, so I couldn't really pay attention. Now, I did give away some of them, you know, because I wanted the guys that I was with to try them as well. And they didn't think it was bad. They thought it was fine. So that, you know, that's the first test. Is this worse than what I've got? And if the answer is no, then it's like, oh, well, I'll try it again. And that's what I'm going to do. I still have a few left, and I'm going to try it again. So it's not, it passed the first test. Let's put it that way. And that's, Right. The biggest test is the first test. And, and Cindy's right when it's, it's a very personal thing. And it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the hardest thing to change. I mean, golf clubs, it, golf clubs are tough to change, but nothing's harder than the golf ball because you hit it every time. Yeah. So, 
And you know, that's funny because I was a tried and true Titleist girl. My husband's been Titleist, you know, for a hundred years. And so when I signed the contract with Callaway to look at that logo, I mean, that was like, oh, wait, is that my ball? You know, you you forget (laughs) because it's like you're blanky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well well said. Um, you're you're exactly right, Brian and, and Cindy. I think that you know the golf ball is a very personal thing. Um, it's something that you you're comfortable. You know, similar to to the clubs. I mean, you're using different clubs. Obviously, you only have one golf ball, but um, there becomes a comfort level. And and I think really, Brian, what you're trying to emphasize here today is that it's uh, in in getting others to to sort of come on the encore bus, if you will. It's about mm-hmm working on those relationships that you've developed uh, and working on that trust. And yep. because you do have these, these solid relationships out there at the very least, they're going to give that product a try. Um, and obviously you're hoping to, to win some of them over. Um, it, it's very interesting. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into the technology aspect of it, but it is very kind of interesting. I've never heard of uh, anyone putting sort of metal flex uh, into a golf ball. Uh, it's kind of a, right. it's something very unique and very different. Um, can you share a little bit of backstory on that as to whatever possessed them to even think of doing that? Well, I'm not exactly sure of the entire story, but I know the one thing they were, they were trying to do is they were trying to make this tour ball and they weren't having the success with using the hollow, you know, the metal core. They were having some difficulty with that. So, Someone thought about, well, how about metal elsewhere? And, again, they put it into the mantle layer, which created, again, a high MOI by distributing the weight to the exterior, which is what the hollow core does because it's, it's hollow, so there's less weight there, so you move weight to the outside of the golf ball. So it was, whether it was Keith Blakely or some of the engineers that we worked with in, in on the golf ball, someone came up with that thought and um, – I think that's, I think that's a big secret to it, and that and that gives you a lighter, faster core as well. So uh, I don't know whoever thought of it. I, by keeping that metal story, and and keeping that MOI story strong, uh, was pretty brilliant. Yeah, Brian, and how and, do you, do you uh, let me just interject one second? Do, do you, sure. Can you set up an account if you're off green grass, or do you have to be green grass? Green grass or or what else? Like driving range? Yeah. Yeah, driving range, sure. Okay. Yep. Uh, just like we're over here at the Whirly, they, they've been selling the heck out of the product for us over here in, in uh, Williamsville. So, yeah. yeah. So the question is, can I set up an account and can I get some balls for all the kids that I teach? Heck, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll take care of that after this phone call. Good, because I've got a nonprofit uh, that I'm doing with these kids, and i got 40 kids that are members, and they need awesome. golf balls. Work something out. And yeah. then I just want to, before I forget, I want to let you guys know, too, that we are now the official golf ball sponsor of the LPGA Foundation and Girls uh, Girls Golf for uh, through 2019. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Because I'm LPGA That's... Girls Golf Director of Buffalo. There you go. So very cool. Yeah. I thought it was a great thing for us to be involved in. Yeah. And, and what a great, uh, great organization to be involved with any, anything LPGA um, you're, you're, it's a win-win. 
Brian, we want to thank you uh, for, for joining us this morning. We're running out of time here, but uh, maybe if you can just share with the, with the listeners where, um, where they can go to um, find out more information about Encore. And is, uh, do you guys do uh, any sort of testing or uh, for average golfers or any, like, almost like a demo day, I guess, where people can come out and try the golf balls or places uh, in your area or, or elsewhere that maybe they could go to and, and test it themselves? Yeah, they can check it on encoregolf.com. They can read about us there. Uh, They can call or inquire through email or uh, phone number to uh, see where a demo. We do have demo days across the country. Um, And you can check with us also to see a location where you can buy it. Plus, you can also get it online to us. Perfect. Well, Brian, thank right. you very much for uh, for coming on and, and sharing that uh, with us. It's very interesting, and uh, I haven't tried them yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely uh, make a point of doing so. Um, it sounds like a very interesting uh, uh, story behind it, and uh, I think it's uh, definitely worth looking into. But thank you very much for joining Sydney and I this morning on the uh, Women of Golf. Thanks. It's, it's been my pleasure, and just uh, have Sydney give me your information. We'll get you a dozen balls to try out right away. Perfect. I'd love it. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Brian. All right, Brian. Thanks, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, no problem. You too. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was our very special guest this morning, uh, Brian McKay, uh, Director of uh, Business and Player Development for Encore Golf. Um, Cindy, why don't we, we just have a moment or two left uh, if you want to give – the listeners, um, one more opportunity to, uh, to reach out and purchase the Learn to Hit It kit. Uh, go ahead and give them that information. The Learn to Hit It kit, you would go to learntohititkit.com. For $99, you get a portable mat, foam golf balls, 101 books, a coupon for 10% off a Callaway club, and a 10-module online course to teach you how to hit it clean, airborne, and straight on purpose, the learn to hit a kit.com. $99, what a great value. For the price of one lesson, you get 10. Perfect. Um, well, that's it, folks, for today. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us uh, this week on the Women of Golf Show. Uh, certainly a very interesting show. Uh, for those of you that couldn't uh, tune in during the live broadcast, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, uh, you can listen to the archive. Uh, a recorded version of it uh, when it's convenient for you and go to learn to hit it uh, to get your copy of, uh, of Cindy's great uh, product. And uh, we want to thank the listeners uh, each and every week for tuning in faithfully and listening to the broadcast and, uh, and share the, uh, the broadcast with, uh, with your fellow golfers out there, get them to tune in each and every Tuesday as well. And join us here uh, on the women of golf. Cindy, thank you as always. And welcome back. And we'll be back next Tuesday with another uh, interesting guest and some more, Uh, great talk here on the women of golf. Thanks everybody. God bless. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.